Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Jones About Podcast. Rich here. Uh, yeah, some news then about uh, cricket in Wales. We Hopefully we've all got back netting. I thought everything was going to go really, really well. I thought things were going to go quite quickly actually. And then I've just seen the news that Boris Johnson has referred to a cricket ball as a natural vector of disease, which might be putting us back a little bit further than I presume. So again, it's a case of uh, watch this space. Uh, but I'm glad to see some good things going out there on Twitter about way in which clubs have got their nets going up and running, booking systems, etc. Uh, let's just do all we can to, to play cricket, I think. I uh, just want to remind you about the Facebook group that I set up. It's called I Play or I Played, the ED in brackets, uh, Cricket in Wales. At the minute, we've got 921 members in there and it's been great to catch up with, with everyone who's uh, been posting team photos, uh, anecdotes about uh, playing cricket in Wales. So if you haven't done so already, then make sure that you uh, subscribe to that. Also, don't forget if you have a cricket bat that you think needs a little bit of love and attention or you've cracked the bat now that you've uh, started netting again, then don't hesitate to get in touch with me. Uh, you can contact me on jonesthebat100 at gmail.com or find me on social media everywhere I'm at jonesthebat. So... My guest today is Paul Rees. Now, if you play cricket down in South Wales, in the South Wales leagues, you are sure to know who Paul Rees is. Uh, he's a long-serving player, uh, and he has played for Flandor, Gowerton, and the and is currently with the Bonte. So, for all the uh, East Walians, that is Ponte de Lice, okay? Um, he describes himself as a bit of a dasher, quick-scoring, runner-ball kind of guy. Uh, who gets his side off to a quick start he loves the cut shot uh, and he's the occasional spin bowler and first slip stroke wicket keeper now I got to know Paul really well in our level 3 coaching course um, he is very forthright in his views as you'll find out we discuss everything from lords to playing in the South Wales League to junior pathways so uh, stick around and um, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat Okay, here we go. Hi, Paul, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Rich. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> not bad, not bad. <laughs> We've uh, we finally just received some news from uh, Cricket Wales that we can start to put the wheels in motion. There's going to be... We're nowhere near a game yet, but we can start netting. Uh, how is that going to uh, look down in uh, Pont de Delice, down in West Wales, mate? Yeah, I think like every really, you know, we're all desperate for some cricket, aren't we? And um, we did quite a bit of work this week um, with junior coaches meeting. Um, I did some work around sort of risk assessments and policies and procedures, really, to see how it's going to look when we can get back into the nets. Um, so yeah, we were a little bit ahead of the game. Um, obviously, we've had some great news about the, you know, what we can do. Uh, I think you know we're kind of hoping we might have skipped that and gone to the next stage as England did, really. Um, but I think we sort of fallen them, aren't we, um, in their processes? So yeah, you know, we've had nothing. So I think anything, anything we can get at the moment, Rich, is good, isn't it? Yeah. So um, you know, obviously I'd seen you on on Twitter and, and things like that, but it, we never really got to know each other until uh, we were both enrolled on the on the advanced cricket coaching course, which is otherwise known as the as the level three course. Uh, and obviously you're a, you're an avid coach, so obviously it's had an impact on on coaching and um, and our course this year as well. So we're looking forward to maybe getting back to some one-on-ones. Yeah, like I said, obviously it's, it's all been on stop and, you know, we, we were right in the middle of our, uh, you know, 
level three, as, as, as I still call it. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, like yourself, I was doing lots of one-on-one coaching. Um, you know, the, the club stuff had just started, so I started taking over this year as to play coach the first team as well. So, you know, that was good and it all just came to a stop. So, it, it, you know, I think we've got to be positive about me, you know, um, you know, people like Car Holden, you know, have worked hard and they were the coin toss Absolutely. and kept us and sort of kept us going uh, through this tough time. So I think we've all got to be positive about me, you know, I, I've already had some messages, um, you know, for people for starting back and seeing the news. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just for, for us as a club, you know, putting things in place and for all clubs, really, ensuring the safety of everybody using it. And, you know, um, so so this, the nets can be used can be used safely, isn't it? Then you know, whatever cricket we get, if we can get some sort of um, team team cricket towards the end of perhaps in you know, August and even into September, um, you know, all the players will be ready. And, and probably like you, you know, I, I, I do loads of players work really hard this winter, um, and they saw loads loads of improvement on some players and on their pathway. And you know, it was just really disappointed really that all our hard work sort of. Uh, came to a stop and they didn't sort of get a chance to to show to show they sort of improvement skills on yeah. the cricket pitch. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, it's 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 okay for us, isn't it? Because I suppose because we've got a set, we've got our primary jobs. But there's a lot of guys out there who are dependent on income from from cricket coaching. You know, I, I've got a close friend who's a tennis coach, and you know, they, it's been real hard over the last couple of weeks because that that income hasn't been there to to supplement their their lifestyle. I suppose so. Hopefully, yeah, all the coaches in Wales now can get back. Uh, coaching and and start producing, um, you know, some some cricketers that we badly need in Wales. Um, so um, you've played a lot of cricket. Uh, your career has spanned quite a lot. You know, playing for Llandor, Gowerton, and Esgerwin, uh, and now Ponta de Lice. Uh, where did it all start for you, mate? Um, yeah, probably. Um, I, you know, look, looking at sort of influences, my. My grandfather um, uh, played sort of cricket for Slavera and was like a club professional. Uh, and being brought up, you know, there was his old cricket bat was in the house, and you know, I remember having his old cricket cap. And and, and, and I, I think, you know, I've been listening to a lot of these podcasts. I, I think it is, isn't it? And your family, I think cricket's one of those games. Um, you know, cricket family influences it loads. And my dad, uh, you know, was a massive cricket supporter, still is really. You know, we we still have days up at loads and. You know, we'd go down to St Helens, you know, when obviously there was lots of cricket played in St Helens and, you know, some holidays seemed, seemed to be uh, watching Glamorgan play day in, day out, you know, and, and we'd go down and watch, you know, you know, I see Clive Lloyd play and all those great players and we'd play in the outfield. And I think between between my dad, obviously, his love for cricket, uh, obviously my grandfather's playing with cricket, um, you know, my, my, my gran as well. I think I think we I sort of got born in, into it, really, uh, and that was the start. Um, but, but I think, you know, the era I was brought up, there was no, you know, Swansea was probably the, the nearest club, um, but there was no real cricket. And I was very fortunate, really. I went to school called Kevin Hendoid, which is probably renowned for his football, football prowess and his rugby prowess. Um, but it was a teacher there called Brian Evans, who's uh, still a very good friend of mine, and I'm sort of friends with his boy, Craig. And um, he uh, was a cricketer at Landor, was a PE teacher in Kevin Hendoid, and sort of... Um, so grabbed hold of sort of um, quite a few of us, really, myself, David Burrows, Lee Andrews and others, um, and took us down to Landau. And that coincided then with um, Landau sort of started an under-16 team um, with uh, Ray Pennock Senior um, and his boys, Ray and, and Anthony Pennock, and they had linked to Pentrabbit School. And we sort of formed this under-16 team. Although we would have been, I would have been probably, probably 13, 14 at the time. It was the only age group cricket around, you know, there was no, mm. like we see now, Rich, you know, under-10s and 11s, you know, it was purely in the 16s and 
we just played and, and I think we all sort of developed into a group. We all sat together, you know, and I think that's, you know, the link for me really. But it's, it's, it's quite strange. I was talking about the other day, you know, when I think back, like we do with our, you know, my boy and your boys, you know, we sort of carried, you know, we run them everywhere every night. We take them here, we take them there. When I think back to those days, you know, I, I sort of, you know, we'd probably walk three, four miles to the ground, you know, um, after school with our bags and knock, knock people up on the way. We make a lift back, you know, and we, <laughs> yeah. we were far more, you know, and I think we were far more, I don't know, self-sufficient when we, um, but yeah, they, they were great times, you know, and, and like I say, I think my formative years of cricket were just, um, you know, when I think back, it's, it's, it does seem to be, doesn't it, scorched grass and, uh, you know, having fun and playing and, and some lovely times, you know? Yeah, and, all, and you know, you now have, have, have also brought up a, a son who, who plays cricket as well. Um, there was an interesting um, meeting the other night with the coaches in Cricket Wales. Uh, it's on YouTube if you want to search it. Um, and basically they were talking about the influence of uh, parents as coaches uh, and whether it can be detrimental or not, you know. And how have you found coaching your lad? Yeah. Oh, um... Yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? I, I say formative years. Um, I think without that, because we coach them, we play them with them, aren't we? But we coach them, I, I feel. And, you know, I, I played them, you know, from, you know, like from the, like, like the years, isn't it? You playing on tennis ball, playing in the living room, and that developed out into playing. And, and I think, um, I think the formative years, I think, where we, we play them, but we're coaching them, aren't we? So secretly, in a way. Um, and, and I think that's great. And, and I think, certainly with my boy, you know, I, that tied in with, you know, the 2005 Ashes, although he was only three at that time. You know, the DVD of that, that he sort of, um, you know, seeing like Simon Jones and, and certainly Shane Warne, because um, Luke Bimmy's leg spinner. Uh, and he just naturally, even when he tried to bowl fast, he can bowl with that leg spin action. Um, and, and obviously, you know, due to my sort of coaching, and he, he then sort of got involved with like perhaps the under-11s when he was like six or seven, and sort of played for Western Morgan, you know, under-10s when he, when he was seven and so on. So... It probably the, the the early years we probably coach them and play with them. I think it probably gives them an advantage early on. I think um, you know, like with me, obviously got into sort of ways in the elevens and the early and the tens and sort of captained them from the years on. And to be honest, though, I didn't really coach him from that time on um, because obviously he was involved in the sort of Wales pathways and you know, some of the Morgan Academy stuff and things. But I I would say as he got older, mind I think I was sort of um, you know the relationship. It's really difficult to coach your own boys, isn't it? And, and you know, a few times I've gone to Neat's Nets and we've done five minutes and we sort of argued and jumped in the car and come home, you know? Um, because, like I say, you know, sometimes he doesn't want to listen, they get to that age, don't they? Um, you know, perhaps you had an argument with them before. Um, and, and I think it, it, I think it does get difficult. Like, I think just giving advice, I, heard, I can't remember, I listened to podcasts the other day and I think, you know, a bit of advice. I mean, right, Ryan, actually, Ryan Walker's, I think he was a good mate of mine. I think Ryan was on you and speaking with his dad. And, it's really interesting listening to that, the little, the little words after the game. And, um, you know, perhaps being honest, you perhaps I was too harsh him at times, you know. Um, you know, you know, and I think that probably rubbed off on him if he bowled a bad ball for Wales. You know, one bad ball, he'd be sort of perhaps chastising himself. And I think I probably learned from that. But um, I think it's difficult taking a team. Mind, I, I, I took a West Ham team one year with Luke in. Um, you know, he was captain of Wales that year. Um, so, you know, it was an issue with... with in playing, it was just that I found really I was sort of harsher on him, and you know we'd be going to games, and I used to say like, you know, I, too much, I probably would probably won't bowl today, you know, um, you know you'll have a bat, but I probably won't bowl you, and I, I found really I was perhaps the other way. Um, however, I am aware obviously some coaches, some parents can be the other way, can't they? And sort of 
um, probably, you know, get better opportunities for their children. So I, you know, perhaps rounding that off, I, I think it's a real big advantage. You've got a cricketing parent who's, you know, played uh, to a decent level and is interested in coaching, etc. But I think I don't. I don't think it's a good thing running a team with your son or daughter in it because I think you're just open to so much criticism either way, whichever way you play it. And I think it causes it can cause a lot of friction sort of with your relationship. You know, um, depending on which way you play it with them. You know. So it's at this point where we run into a few slight technological difficulties. I didn't realise that my and wasn't recording whilst uh, we were having the rest of the conversation. Paul's recorded, so we're going to play it up slightly differently. These things are sent to try us. Um, I'll just say the questions that I asked Paul, and you'll uh, you'll hear his answer. Um, next thing I asked him then was, you know, who else uh, influenced his cricket? Yeah, certainly at Lando, I still had Brian Evans, obviously, who was, was sort of what I've already mentioned. But uh, I was chatting with Brian Jones there, who... Um, was was club captain. He sort of played the point of the lace, um, you know, and you know it was a really good sort of captain uh, cricketer. And I think you know that coincided with us with Lando on a really good side. We had a few players in from, with like Mike Mansell coming from Swansea, um, you know, Paul Saibu, Nick Lloyd from Gowton, and we already already had some stalwarts there. And, and I think we we sort of gone to the first division, um, you know, played against all these fantastic overseas players, and I think you know. <laughs> That was a huge influence on my career, playing against all, you know, I played against Keith Hartigan and, you know, um, all, all these fantastic overseas players. There's a chap called Downey Joseph, um, played in our league, fantastic player, played for Darwin and Armenford. Uh, and I was looking, he scored nearly 1,400 runs uh, in the season, I, you know, I, I, I looked in the book. Um, and, and these players, they were, they were iconic, you know, like uh, Shavish Arms at Morriston, um, you know, even like Kid Whaley and Terry Marsh and Ponte Berem at a chap called Asad Mahmoud. Um, you know, everybody, you know, um, you know, everybody had overseas players and I think, you know, um they certainly they did we had two at Lando, you know, Sam Lyle went on to be a you know a legend at Gout and played for us as overseas players then you know we, we had Phil Melville who recently played in, in the Wales sorry in Australia over fifty World Cup. And again they brought a steeliness and a sort of um you know, I, I remember dropping a slip a catch and slip off Phil Melville and who was, you know, very quick at the time, you know, and you know, you know, my memory, my memory coming down and shouting at me. You know, if you're there, you might as well catch it. You know, and and, and I think it certainly toughened us up. And I think what they did as well. You know, they worked hard. You know, they, they played midweek cricket. You know, they coached. You know, they coached the youngsters. And I, and I, you know, I remember playing against Keith Arthur then on like a Thursday night at Morva, where where the new where the current Swan Stadium is. And Keith Arthur sort of getting eight D and you know sort of like just just seeing these players close up. You know, it was just amazing and. And I think, I think what's happened since, I, I think, you know, people are getting paid £30, you know, to get 300 runs in, in the South West League, where, you know, when, when I was playing, if you've got 300 runs, you're back number eight, you know? And I, and I think people are sort of picking up the, the, the cash and, and, you know, they, they, they turn up for the start, they go out, you know, they go straight after the game and they're not giving anything back, which I don't think, you know? And I think, you know, if done properly, um, you know, I think, I think it'd be a great thing to have overseas players back in the certainly Premier League and so with Cricket Association. You're saying, you know, I've never been paid to play cricket or rugby, you know. But I think I think it's just gone silly. I think, you know, when I, you know, when I, you know, first started playing in, you know, in the South Wales League, you know, you were a club professional, they were they were God, weren't they? You know, they were they'd been, you know, they scored probably, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred runs in the league. You know, they were, you know, the the you know, the best players in the league, weren't they? 
Um, and, and I think, and I think it, it's just gone. And I, I, for me, I think it, co- it did coincide with overseas players gone because players then, sorry, clubs then, looked at it and thought, well, you know, if we, if we can pick, if we pick three players up from that club, that club, and that club, and you know, if they all chip in, sort of three hundred runs, you know, we 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 got out sort of worth. And it, I, like I say, it's, it's not a good thing. How do you stop it? Because you know, I certainly know part of the life, for example. I know historically, you know, I think they had a rule where you know they didn't pay. You know, they wouldn't pay the homegrown players, which um, obviously caused a problem because then, you know, the really good players who went on sort of to come over the Cardi, come over in seconds, etc. Um, you know, other clubs would come on, come in then and offer them, you know, very lucrative offers. And, you know, I think the club are in a very open position then, aren't they, where if, if they don't pay them, they go to those other South Wesley clubs or wherever they may or Premier League clubs, um, you know, and, and get that money, don't they? And, and, you know, it's been discussed before, you know, if somebody you know, perhaps, you know, hasn't got a great job or whatever it might be, all these circumstances are different. And, you know, if you're paying your mortgage, um, you know, it's, it's certainly a difficult thing to turn down as an and to criticise. So um, I think it starts with the clubs, isn't it, really? If, if clubs don't pay, um, if nobody pays, then it's quite simple, isn't it? But the problem arises, obviously, when, you know, one or two do, and then it, it just opens the sort of floodgate switch. Okay, an interesting viewpoint held by Paul there, and I happen to agree with every every word he said. Uh, there are some bang average players getting paid uh, money to play club cricket these days. Um, I don't know what the clubs are doing in, and are achieving by doing this, but um, hey, you can't blame the players. If the money's there, you're going to go and take it. Um, our conversation then turned towards best players Paul's played against. Um, so, so yeah, I'm very lucky. You know, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I, I, you know, if I think back, and you know, I've probably been playing first team cricket for probably 32 years. So, um, you know, I play with the quite a few. Well, I think I would say the best batsman I ever played with, I would say, would be Wayne Law, um, who obviously played with Glamorgan and was tremendous. Tremendous bit of quick bowling, you know. I, I think, you know, I think he scored his maiden to more than hundred at Colin Bay against Wazi Makram. Um, I think you know just to sort of show his class, and Wayne was just like, oh, you know, short bowling, and you know, uh, he, he was just. I remember he scored a hundred on the null. Um, you know, Grant D, a good mate of mine, was was bowling pretty quick at the time. You know, he would he would add him lost Adam Davis the other end, and uh, you know, I think I think one of the boys had been hit on the helmet. Uh, I went in, and I you know. I was ducking and diving a bit, and Wayne just got like 130 and was sort of pulling the ball through sort of like wide mid on. He was just an absolute top player, and uh, you know, real pity really that he didn't go on and sort of um, have a long, long career in, in, in county cricket. Um, um, yeah, against uh, very, very tough. You know, there's been some like, great, great players I played against, and um, I, I, would, I would probably say Shudesh uh, Danaram. Played for Morriston as a professional, um, would score like over a thousand runs. He was from Guyana, and, and probably some of the listeners will remember he, he actually played a game with the Morgan. Uh, the Morgan used to play um, like a day night game down St. Helens against the rest of the world um, on, on the rugby pitch, really, with the floodlights. And uh, Danny played, he did actually for, I'm sure he got a 50 in that game, and you know, he was a tremendous player, but I think uh, the Morgan obviously they were allowed to one overseas or two overseas, wherever it was at the time. Um, and I don't think really he was the big name, and he, you know, Danny was just like absolute tremendous player, and you know, hundred, hundred every week, you know, and um, I'd say he's probably the best bat I played against. Uh, although it's a very tough one. Best ball is a different one. I, I've said I've got to think about it, and I think the fastest attack I ever faced. Uh, I think I would have been around eighteen, nineteen. 
who played Slashy down in Stradi, which would have been either the first division or the second division. Uh, and they had a young Darren Thomas opening the bowl in one end. Darren would have been 16, 17. Uh, and they had Colin Stevens the other end. Now, oh, you know, and, and obviously people remember him as a, as a rugby player, but he'd come off, he'd come off a short run at Rich. And, he, you know, it would be like four or five steps. And, oh, my God, honestly, you know, as a pair, that was, you know, I, I watched five, five in Babylon the other week, and I think it's probably the closest I've ever seen. Best over I've ever faced in, in all my cricket was uh, Kamal Levrock. Um, now, I know, obviously, he's a big hit there. He's been on this already. But um, we played Newport uh, about three years ago up there. And it been a tough day. I, th- I think they scored before over 300. Um, myself and Ga- I think it was Gary Arsenal opened the bat in. And Harry Powell was bowling one end. And we obviously, you know, good bowler. We were having a real battle. And Levrock was on the other end. And I went up and faced him. Um, and for one ball, uh, a couple of hours went by. I got either on the 20 odd and went back up and faced him. And... Honestly, he bowled the best over I've ever faced. It was like the perfect over. He bowled me uh, like decent, you know, decent pace, and he bowled me like a, like a bigger weight swinger. So I played a misstep, and then um, next ball he bowled me a big in swinger, which I just kind of get you know into there with my pad and sort of dug it out. And then third ball he bowled me a quick bouncer, which I think sort of shaved my grill. Uh, fourth ball I think he bowled me a big slower ball, which again I just jagged down on the bottom of my bat and. Um, I think the fifth ball then, a bit of an in, in swinger. If again, I just just got some bat on and final ball, you know, was coming, big away swing and neck caught behind. Good to hear stories of of Wayne Law there. Uh, he's been mentioned before. And, um, yeah, he was instantly in the same primary school class as my wife in Pentip Primary School in Tlatli. Um Also, Kamal Lovrock. Uh, the only guy I've ever seen bowl a bouncer at the Fugees, and it also carry over the keeper's head. I think Mark Wallace was keeping that day in a Macy final for Newport. Uh, yeah, but uh, extreme pace, should we say. Our conversation then turned to wicketkeepers, and it will be no surprise to you that uh, a friend of the show, Steve Powell, was uh, was mentioned again. Steve Powell, who played the Swans, he did the peer advisor and Zagero, was just like top, top draw, and, and you know, I'd I, I open a bat in, you know, and You'd have Simon James opening the bowling, and Jamie was really accurate, good bowler. And I'd sort of stand, you know, way out, out of my crease and have a bit of a, bit of a dash at Jamie and run down a wicket to him. And then Powell would say, Right, we saw that's enough. Uh, and then that become, you know, after an over, and it was just like, Oh, torture. And we played, we played a game with Unsigary against Swansea uh, last game of the season. And I think it was a case of the winner won the league. And, you know, those sort of Halligan days of the Southwest League were just amazing, you know, big clubs and big matches. And last game, first against second. and Powell's stumped me off uh, Ian Cape on uh, again with a decent pace and I think you have three stumpings in that game and I think with I, I think you know again I've been lucky to do a lot of, lot of good keepers but um, I've got to say I think I think you know the keeper I currently play with Cameron Heron I think he's probably the best I've played with I'd say great hands standing up and you know we, we got a bowler called David Davis um, was probably one of the best bowlers in, 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 in the Premier League um, you know ham stands up to him and just changes the game, and, and like I say, his, his glove work is, is, is second to none, you know. And I've had to fill in, you know, I fill in now and again, keeping wicket, you know, over the years. And I think you only appreciate the keeper, don't you, you know, when they're not there. And, and, and Cam, you know, I know, he, you know, we played with Gloucester for a number of years, and you know, he's right up there with us for the best. I then asked Paul, you know, what were his proudest memories uh, about playing cricket? You know, he's been doing it for 25 years, you know, what memories, uh, you know, particularly stand out? Proudest moments, really. Um, yeah, again, I, I, I think there's, there's, there's three I've sort of um, I, I've thought about. Um, 
I played for Gowden in 1997, um, and we played a benefit game against Glamorgan for Colin Metzen. It was a great occasion, great occasion, and um, I managed to get 100 in that game. And, um, you know, I remember my, my parents being sort of watching it and how, how proud they were. And, and my, my mother passed away sort of um, less than three years after that. And, and, I, and I, I look back at that day and I think, think of 100 against Glamorgan, albeit. He was the old fire in attack, you know. Um, although I think Dean Costa pulled me last for the innings, but um, yeah, I think that that's you know that, that's really one of my proudest moments. It gives gives it gives me back to my parents, you know. Um, so, so I think so I think that's the third. The second one, um, which uh, you know was just epic. Uh, in, in 2018, um, I played for MCC Wales at Lords, um, which and they they just treated us like 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 test players and. Uh, you know, that was just epic, and fortunately, we fielded first. Um, so, you know, I was out, we ran Manchester out in the field, and I managed to catch one in the first over and then slip off down those Williams and managed to bowl and take a wick. And it, it just eased things because obviously, when you kicked the bat in, um, I'd never been so nervous in all my life. Um, you know, myself and Harry Bowles from Cardiff opened the bat in and just walking out of those things rooms at Lords and sort of down the stairs and through the long room. Uh, you know, being announced as he walked down from the ground, it was just like, oh, epic is the only word I can use. And, you know, to, 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 to bat there, it, it was, you know, it was like, first of all, hit one, you know, hit one. And uh, then it was like, sort of, you know, get a run, don't get out for a duck, you know, all those things we go through as batters, isn't it? And um, you know, I was really struggling and it was like, I didn't use the pace the wicket. And, you know, it was really good, like, like, like Dave Kirtley coming after me and oh, it was, it was struggling, can't get a run. And, uh, funny how it was sliding doors and, and things happening, and like I got bowled a short wide one, which is probably exactly what I wanted. Um, I managed to hit it for four, and, and as I hit it, the umpire shouted no ball, uh, and it was like free hit coming next, and, and next ball, I managed to jump over the offside and got it just what I wanted. I managed to hit a six in the grandstand, you know, and um, so I think it went from something like six off eighteen balls to sort of um, sixteen off nine. It just changed the innings. I managed to get about twenty-eight, twenty-nine, I think, but. I was just a um, magical day, and you know, to, you know, people like Mark Leary and sort of Matt Smart and John Davis, Thorne, you were there playing with me, and to play to play loads of your mates, uh, it, it, you know, it was just things, things you know, you dream of, isn't it? Definitely, well, difficult one to top, but um, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, for me, my, my, the, you know, my, my best, my best sporting sporting cricketing moment for me was um, I managed to play Premier League one with, with my boy Luke, um, and, and I and I think that was just. You know, I got goosebumps thinking about it now, and I sort of dropped the captain seconds to sort of bring him through, and you know he was doing really well. You know, taking lots of wickets in the seconds and, and with Wales and stuff. So he played, uh, he played, he played one season last game of the season. It's for Jen, and I was away captain in seconds. I wasn't there, and he, he got three wickets against for Jen in his debut. And the following season, I just thought, well, you know, it, you know, if I could, you know, easily be in the first team or around the first team. So I went back to play, and as I say, um, he missed the start of the season because of football, but. We managed to we played Neath at home. Uh, Cameron had a, had a knee off, so um, I had to keep wicket, which uh, you know it wasn't tough for at the time, to be honest. But it, it you know it, it heightened my sort of um, experience of it all, and you know it was it, it was nice because like you know friends of mine like Richard Grant and Steph Roberts were playing for Neath and, and and other people, and like I say, I, I kept wicket, and you come out the bowl, I think Neath for someone like eighty for North smashing it, and. He was chucked the ball, and I was like, "Oh, don't bring him on now! Don't bring him on now!" Grant, he was whacking it, and I was like, "Oh!" And and and, six, and, and uh, so anyway, he comes on, and the first over was for twelve, and 
I think the next door goes for about eight or nine, and it's like, oh, and I'm just and I'm going back to you said earlier on, you know, I, you know, Carl Roberts is captain, like, oh, like, puss him out, like, he's like, no, I'm keeping him in, and you know, and, and all those things we go through, and and, and third, you know, I'm thinking he's for like two or so twenty, he's coming off early, and uh, he gets another over, and finally we sort of put some feelers out, and you whack when Sam Pierce caught it long off, and you know, you managed to get him and do out as well, and like I say, it, it was just. You know, his reaction of sort of running down the wicket, having taken a wicket and seeing the, the sort of joy in his face. And, you know, um, we, we played against Bridgend as well the week after. And, you know, you managed to get Rory Smith on first ball. And again, you know, that was, you know, him running down the wicket to me, you know, said in celebration. Like I say, memories I'll never ever forget. And like I say, uh, it's, it's for me, it's certainly the best, the best experience, the best feeling I've ever had in a cricket pitch. Yep, nothing better than uh, taking the field with your lad. It's absolutely uh, phenomenal. It means nothing to them. You know, they, they couldn't give a monkeys. In fact, they're probably quite embarrassed by you. But, um, yeah, it's it's an awesome feeling. Uh, I know my lad, Iwan uh, listens to the show. Well, he says he does, but every now and again I catch him out when, you know, he obviously hasn't listened to it. So I'm going to I'm gonna test him this week. Uh, so, Iwan, if, you, um, if you're listening, you've got a week now to get back to me. Uh, because if you do, I'm going to give you £10 worth of V-Bucks. All right, on your on your fortnight. So, uh, hey, let's have a little look. Let's see, I'll tell you next week whether or not he came up and asked for them. Nadia, if you're listening, do not give him the heads up on this one. Um, yeah, also playing at Lords. Wow, fantastic. If anyone's out there who knows how I can get a game at Lords, then please get in touch because I am desperate to play there. Um, right, okay, funniest moments. But I think the funniest, funniest one, um, uh, again for me, was, was back in those great Landor days. And um, I think I would have been about, he must have been about 17, I guess. And um, a very good friend of mine travelled, uh, Neil Pennick, was batting. Uh, he's, he's now with Sister Mandra Hull, uh, he's a great career professional footballer. And Penns is batting, and sort of, uh, Penns is a really good batter. You know, you know, he lived up in South Africa, up in Natal. And he played like Natal in the 13th, something back when he was out there. Came back, his bat in, um, sort of pl- plays at one, hits him in the box, uh, and sort of goes down in a heap, and we all sort of laugh. And as we always do as cricketers, don't we, when somebody gets hit in the box? Uh-huh. And um, sort of he's down the way, he gets up, and, and, and ends up retired and hurt. And, we, you know, you can imagine the sort of, you know, the abuse he had, you know, sort of getting helped off. And um, I think I was, I was starting to bat, and I'm sort of padding up, and... Uh, I sort of look up and he, he sort of with this big table in Lando change rooms and, and he's like sort of lying on his back naked on on this table uh, with a bag of ice and the, the biggest red bruise red mark you've ever seen in your life where it shouldn't be uh, and uh, he was just like, like lying moaning on this table with this big red so we, we certainly knew when the ball hit him and uh, I say he's the, only, he's the only person I think I've ever seen retire hurt uh, ever having been hit in the box so um so yeah, that's my funniest moment. No matter what happens, you can always rely on everyone creasing with laughter when someone gets it in the box. Um, always funny when it happens to someone else, though. Not quite so funny when it happens to you. Um, our conversation now turned to, uh, you know, Welsh cricket and how we thought that uh, cricket could be developed in Wales. Yeah, I... I... It's very difficult, isn't it? The first thing, I, I think, I think cricket Wales, I think, are doing a very good job, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, you know, look at the, the difficult times we've been through, and certainly, I think, in the last couple of years, I think, certainly with the social media and you know, the the regional managers, for example, we got Kerry Chahal down here, who's ex-teammate of mine, a very good friend of mine, 
you know, very passionate about cricket, uh, you know, you know, very sort of um, does all he can do for the clubs. And I, and I know, you know, his sort of um, his colleagues who do the same job in other parts of the world are also the same. So I think, I, you know, so, so I think, you know, I, I, I certainly got no criticism of cricket Wales. I, I think, um, you know, I think and they, they do know all they can do. You know, we, well, we've obviously got all-stars, haven't we, and the new Dynamos, which I think, um, I certainly think has sort of given, you know, that, that mini, minis type of cricket a big boost, isn't it? Um, and I'm certainly, you know, with our club, you know, on a Friday night between, you know, between all of it, you know, some, you know, there's over 100, 100 sort of kids, you know, down there. So I think that's been great for all clubs, really. I, I think, you know, there's all these difficulties, isn't there, that, that the cricket has, you know, you know, we, we, we're a short, it's a summer game, isn't it? It's a short period. Um, you know, we, we've heavily relied on the weather. Um, obviously, we've got rugby, you know, like, like we, we play both, I mean, rugby and football encroaching even more. So I think so I, so I think it is I think it is very difficult, um, you know. And, and I think rugby, you no know, rugby is looking to push over, and they rugby are certainly looking to push over more. And you know, in, in villages, if done right, I don't see a problem with it. If, if I use someone like like Pat Pontevere or Kidwelly, just as examples, you know, because it's going to be the same group group of boys and girls, which isn't it? So, so I, I, I think. So I, I think you know if, if they play you know cricket on a Tuesday and rugby on a Thursday on or so on, then I think it can work. I think, I think we can't compete against each other because, you know, between, you know, social media and PlayStations and, you know, TV and the like, you know, you know I, I think it's, it's really impossible. And when I, you know, I, I look back at these sort of um, yearbooks, you know, and I was looking the other day, I think 1988, you know, Southwest Cricket Association, five divisions of first team and, you, and five divisions of second team. So, you know, if you look at, what's that, you know, sort of hundreds, you know, hundred individual teams, isn't it? We just went on to talk about, you know, the organisation then of, of, of junior cricket. You know, is it on an ad hoc basis when, when clubs can play or is it down to individual nights for individual year groups? Um, it's what Paul had to say. No, it's, it's, it's very well organised down here. South Wales Junior Cricket League. We've got a fantastic committee. And I think, you know, I, I think it's one of the biggest junior leagues in, in you know, certainly in, in, in the UK and, for many, many years, you know, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. And, and, you know, lots of people still working hard down here. Uh, so, yeah, there's designated nights, really. Um, you know, um, I'd probably get it wrong if I try and guess. No, but I, I think, like, Sunday morning, for example, is under 10s. I think Monday night, they say, under 12s. I think, you know, and, and Thursday night, say, is, like, under 14s or 15s. Um, so, yeah, there's designated nights. So, you know, it's, it makes it easy for, for clubs then. You know, like our club, no, for example, on a Thursday night, unless they're away, you know, quite often we'll have two teams in each age group, mind. So, you know, every Monday night will be perhaps under 13s, every Thursday night will be under 15s, uh, which is quite easy to work around, you know. So, um, you know, the only thing I'd say with, you know, with the league down here is it's like cricket wheels, isn't it? You know, we, we stuck between, you know, we, got, we need participation, don't we? We need participation. We need lots of people playing. Um, but then we also need competitive cricket as well. Uh, and, I, and I think the difficulty is, you know, it's up to the clubs to vote at the end of the day, isn't it? But I think... Quite often, um, I, I've got to say, a lot of the junior club cricket is a really poor standard. Um, and, and I think some sort of way of perhaps having a development league and perhaps a more competitive league would be a far better way of doing it. Because certainly, you know, you know, when I think back to, you know, the team I had at my, you know, my Luke's age, and, you know, we we win the league and we, we got the you know final, you know, the Swirlec of the Welsh Cup. And, and, and I just think there was enough good teams around uh, for to be compared to a really good league because um, otherwise you know you, you end up playing the biggest teams who in fairness them are doing fantastically well to get a side out in villages um, you know, 
you know, perhaps they'd turn up with an under-15 team and they'd have like five in the tens playing. And, you know, we'd, you'd have to have a conversation then around with perhaps a wheel back and I won't bowl my, 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 my main bowlers. And, and I think then on, on the retaining cricketers, you know, for those boys in my team then, when I'm saying, honestly, you're not wheel bowl tonight, then, you know, it, it, it's, so it's, it's a really difficult one. I, I, I certainly think moving forward, some sort of regional league of a, of a comparative sort of level uh, would, would, ben, would benefit all, would benefit all. You know, that's really interesting what Paul had to say there, you know, regarding, you know, South Wales League have their own nights where I know uh, we are on an ad hoc basis in, in Gwent and, and that region. However, we have looked to, you know, put our teams together on a on a skill-based level. Um, if we could just combine the two, I think it would make perfect sense. We then looked at, you know, Glamorgan going out to play in outgrounds, uh, Newport, St. Helens, uh, wherever it might be, and the impact that that can have on players in that area. Yeah, I, I, you know, probably a crossover of both, I think. It's, it's Glamorgan, isn't it? And I think, you know, having a strong Glamorgan and seeing Glamorgan, um, I think benefits all cricket. When I think back to my childhood of, you know, watching all those days in St. Helens, it's really difficult, isn't it, with weather, because weather takes a huge part. And I'm sure we've all, we've all been up the way, like on a, on a Friday night, and it's, you know, the weather's half an hour, and we range a trip, and it rains, and, it's difficult, but, I, but I, 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 I certainly would like to see Glamorgan play more than outgrounds. Uh, it's very difficult, isn't it, obviously, because of swear leg and, and cost and, you know, lightning and et cetera. But, you know, when I think back to, you know, watching Flaffy play, you know, at Stradi or, uh, sorry, watching Glamorgan play at Stradi or at Pontefreeve or in the Knoll, and, you know, I, I, I still have vivid memories of those. And I think I think they become, you know, the, 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 the children, the youths, you know, the club players, see those players. Things, you know, you know, we we're lucky. You know, we got obviously Lucas Kay and Owen Morgan. You have come through the ranks with us, and and you know, around the club. But but the, but you know, for example, the buzz last year, Billy Billy Rupi for Nice last year down down in the pond, and you know, the buzz around the ground and the buzz of the supporters, and you know, it's just how you know, and I'm not, I'm not again, I'm not being critical of them all, and I, I think you know, their marketing and, and you know, the way they've transpired the game is is better than it's ever been, isn't it? It's just how you know, how can we? Um, to engage these youngsters so they can see all these sort of professional cricketers and these top players probably, you know, closer to home. Um, you know, because, you know, Fran from Hartford West or whatever the card is, is, is a big ask, isn't it, on a Friday night? Um, you know, you know it's, it's very difficult. I, mean, I shouldn't go over the answers. I, I'm just sort of, you know, when I think back to how it was, when we, you know, we could go down some islands and see, you know, a lot, you know, all these players. And obviously the, the opposing teams as well, isn't it? Uh, you know, good under Stradi and, and the like. And, and like I said, I think, you know, it'd be fantastic. Obviously, there's issues with, you know, the quality of the wicket, isn't it, and facilities, etc. Um, you know, even more so at this difficult time. Uh, the conversation now turned to coaching, and in particular the elite side, and the difference between cricket and football. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, like, like another thing, you know, while we've been talking, I mean, I've been thinking about you, it is, I, I think one thing which um, I, I do feel very strongly about, I think we really can improve is I think is sort of a more focus on elite player development um, with our younger players. Um, I, I think, you know, compared because obviously, you know, Luke with me's been through the sort of academy system with football, you know, from under eight to the Cardiff and in a Swansea. And I think comparing that to our elite sort of um, you know, how it has been with, with the cricket, um, there's absolutely no comparison. I, and I know sort of the Morgan have taken more um, more, more focus and to the rings on it over recently, but I think you know the, the way in which footballers, um, you know, are sort of coached and trained and um, you know, developed from probably eight to nine. Um, I think it's probably something 
the cricket can can take over um, and, and sort of look into because you know you know they, they, let's be honest they, they are chalk and cheese aren't they you know and I think again you know it's, it's you know financial you know financial constraints is, are huge because because otherwise what you know the, the development is really coming from one-on-one sessions or perhaps get it going perhaps getting a scholarship at a, at a school in England isn't it I think you know because I th- I always say it's remarkable how any of the local you know players like you know, like people like James Harris and even Lucas Terry, that's all went to sort of, you know, state comprehensive schools with very little cricket and, you know, no cricket facilities. Because it's the clubs, isn't it? It's the clubs with us who drive, who drive it on. And, and, and I just, I would just like this, you know, I've been through the, you know, part of my boy with the Popolana cricket and, you know, and, and like I say, the, the intensity, the, the, you know, the coaching of, of, of the football compared to perhaps the, you know, once a week in the winter, um, training or you know of, of the cricket so and and you know you know I I think with, with my look and right, I think from you know under eleven a year early through like through the fifteens uh, I don't think there was ever one summer coaching session or training session you know with 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 the cricket and you know again I I, I you know in comparison to the amount of hours you know back this ten thousand hours isn't it you know and I I I don't know I I I just think um I I think it's very reliant on one-on-one coaching and, and, and clubs and I think perhaps it should be more again it, you know you know it has changing more when we rain and perhaps I'm perhaps I'm you know I'm, I'm behind a little bit with, with my comments but, but I, I certainly think that you know the way the football works and you know I think back to with my look you know even from under 12 uh, you know one one day a week with Cardiff you know from 12 he, he would miss school and he, he'd go to Cardiff for the day and they sort of train all day and you know Craig Bellamy was was, was heavily involved at that time and you know, even lunchtime, they'd sit down with Bellamy lunchtime and talk football and, you know, he'd tell his stories of, you know, playing playing, playing at low camp and plays he played against. And, uh, you know, back to my comment earlier about standing in the bars and they're drinking, talking to these players. And I think, you know, you know, and I think, you know, from, you know, from, from, you know, from 12, you know, he was training probably four, four times a week on a game on a Saturday and had this day, you know, had this full day. So, um, you know, I, I, I you know, and, and with, with Swansea then, you know, the, the Swansea, the Cat One Academy and, you know the facilities, and you know the, the coach who wear a goal. You know, Liverpool's a goalkeeper. It's still is a goalkeeper. You know the coach who wear a GoPro. You know for the sessions. You know the cams will be able to be filming him training. Um, you know he play a game. You know within within an hour of the game finishing, he be sent his clips of his games. You know we'd have a review every six weeks all on video. Where obviously all these things would be you know positive things and an edge for improvement. You know and like I say, the level of attention and the level of detail um, is phenomenal. And I think you know. You know, if we if we look into produce, um, you know, like we are now, isn't it? The goal is to produce, you know, long term Camorgan cricketers. I think, you know, I think trying to you know follow that model, I think they wouldn't go far along. But obviously, cost cost is the, you know, is the big rider, isn't it? Our conversation stayed on coaching. However, we started to look at regional cricket with regards to the fact that Paul is a, a coach with West Glamorgan. I coach uh, at Gwent level. Um, and the changes that are going to take place next year with Cricket Wales bringing in regional cricket. Uh, Paul has some strong views about this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I could, you know, I am perhaps be quite controversial here. I, I, my personal view, I, I don't think we need this change. Um, you know, I don't think, for example, West Morgan, probably Cardiff, maybe, or Gwent, um, I think probably needed it. I think we were probably strong enough with our... Uh, teams, you know, year in, year out, and I was sort of probably development of players through the system. Uh, I, I think probably, you know, logistically and numbers and club-wise, probably, you know, North, North Wales, I think, you know, 
was, was probably was likely. Uh, and I would suggest probably the Pembrokeshire Camarland show one again. You know, if if you're looking at you know probably you know trying to have the best sort of uh, level of cricket, probably works. Obviously, you know, Mid Middle Morgan. Um, you know, in recent years, probably you know I've struggled. I know there's been a big sort of um, improvement in recent years, and you know, big development. People are working very hard up there. Um, you know, to come in somewhere. But I I, I think. You know, my personal view, I think with a bit of tinkering and with some merger, I think it could have gone on anyway. Um, I think my fear is, you know, again, with the, probably the size of, you know, these new areas. You know, you're looking at probably, I think West Morgan now are going to, you know, I think we're going to probably take in, isn't it, Middle Morgan and part of part of the V. Everybody's doing it for the right reasons, aren't they? You know, these changes, um, you know, I think, you know, we're looking, obviously there's financial implications, isn't there, you know, with, funding and and the like but i think you know it's it's with the aim of developing the best cricketers we can and to keep cricketers in, in cricket because you know let's be honest it's a responsibility not just to promote to get elite players isn't it it's getting players to play for you know Llangenich and for Dufferin and for Pontedawe and for all these clubs isn't it uh, long term so you know there's big you know there is a big responsibility but obviously looking at you know there was, there's gonna have to be two tiers isn't it there's gonna have to be a, a, a team and a development team well you know you know, are they, gonna, are they all going to train separately? Are they going to train together? How the coach, you know, you need two lots of coaches. Um, you know, the, the, the travel, isn't it, you, you, you're talking about? You know, are we, I, I, I fear we might lose players um, because of it. Um, again, like I say, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's coming in, isn't it? You know, we, we'll, have, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? You know, it, it, may, it, it may well work. But I think certainly having been, you know, a coach, a regional coach for nine years now, I think, Certainly in West Morgan, um, you know, I, I think we had things. I think we do things pretty well. I think we would, you know, we developed them players to play for Wales and handing them over. Uh, and I think we had the balance right. Um, but but again, you know, this new system's coming in, and I think there are some really valid points made by Paul there. Um, regional cricket is going to happen. Um, cricket Wales are going to take charge. You know, it's going to take time to to get right. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be some uh, hiccups along the way, but uh, I think it's really important that we all get get behind Cricket Wales. These decisions have been made, and uh, let's hope Cricket Wales can start developing some players who are going to go on and, and really represent Glamorgan and do well for Glamorgan, and also uh, develop uh, a stronger club game in Wales. As we came to the end of the chat, like always, I asked Paul the, the questions that make up the quick-fire round, starting with his favourite ground. Probably the best cricketing ground with atmosphere and wicket and I Britain Ferry Steel for me. Um, what a place to play cricket, shaped sort of uh, rectangular really. And for my sort of uh, square the wicket play, it was great. But yeah, the atmosphere, you know, once again against the steel, you know, the steel won the league, you know, a couple of years around that time and had great players there, you know, like Craig Evans and Adrian Shaw and Steve Barwick and Mel Williams, you know, the, the road would go on. But, you know, that second innings, you know, sort of six half of six down in the steel, uh, you know, nip and, tuck, nip, nip and tuck game, you know, the atmosphere will be electric. And like I say, they, those South League times were just great, great times for me. And I, and I think the steel is what a great, what a place to play cricket. Well, there's one for my uh, list to go and uh, try and play at. Um, my next question was best dressed. Uh, quite surprised when he said the uh, friend of the show. Mark O'Leary, um, best, you know, MCC got everything. He got the, the box of shorts, the socks, the cufflinks, the handkerchief, sparky, big bait of mine, but well, I got all the gear, I felt like. 
I think when the highlights of cricket and particularly going to Lowe's is seeing all the guys dressed up in their MCC gear. Uh, okay, what about um, worst dressed then? Lucas Carey, uh, obviously professional cricketer, you wouldn't expect better standard, but Lucas is just like, oh, you know, he's, he's given his shirt away, somebody's had his whites, he's, you know, he's given his back to somebody and, you know, Luke, Lucas is just like, can I borrow some socks? He's, he's, you know, and he got boots, he's one of them, you know, and very, I will say, you know, he's very kind, he's conditioned his stuff out, but obviously leaves him short sometimes. I then asked Paul who he thought would best be suited to the nickname Die Block. Well, two ends of the scale here, really. Ty Block is, is my, my roommate when we go away in games. Is Tim Hemp, uh, who was obviously never, never out to LBW either, mind. But uh, Hemby would just like take, you know, good, very, very good Swansea side at the time, would hold it together, would, would sort of battle all the way through for eight yards, not out probably, you know. Uh, and so Hemby's my Ty Block, biggest hitter. Kelvin Bartle for me, Pasty. Um, or, you know, Kelvin, Kelvin played, we played together and together in a few seasons. and. Kelvin would win three, four games a season for us and hit some, you know, on the roof over the houses. You know, I remember a game in a bond where, you know, I, I, yeah, he won the game from an impossible position, really. And we played all ways with 40s together and I think he got under like a 70 odd. But, you know, big hitter, pitch it up to him and he goes. And to finish the, our chat, I asked Paul, how would he like to go to 100? I think it's probably, uh, everybody I've ever played against uh, is probably... Uh, we know where this would be going. It'd probably be uh, three out the deep point and two in the gully. And yeah, I, I, I do like the old cut shot, Rich. Okay, so that was my chat with uh, with Paul Rees. Uh, huge thanks to him for, uh, for having a chat for this podcast. Um, I hope you don't mind the uh, change of format halfway through. Oh, God, it took me hours to edit in the end, but uh, I hope we got there in the end and I hope uh, your listening wasn't spoiled. Remember, if you need to get in touch with me, JonesTheBat100 at Gmail. Find me at JonesTheBat on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And uh, yeah, go well this week. Hopefully, you can get a net in. I'll see you next week. Toronto.